Good morning. A good Erev Shabbos. Erev Shabbos Kodes Parshas Vayeshev Tovshin Pegimel. Erev Shabbos Kodes where we're Samach Venira to the Gavaldiki Yontif of Chanukah Habolenu Latoiva. And myself, I have to express great Hakaris Atoiv to the Rabbeinu Shalom Shechiyonu Vikiyimonu Vigiyonu Azmanazeh. One of the brachas which we're going to say for the uh, first night of Hanukkah, but I want to express it not necessarily with a bracha, but with the concept that I was to be over two weeks in the United States, and I had a lot of nachas, and was able to see many, many talmidim, was able to speak in many, many maestas hatayra and shuls, and to see grandchildren, and to be to see my mother, she should, she'd be gesund and stark. But I think even a bigger nachas is when I was able to land, when I was nachat, back in Eretz Yisrael, was able to return home, and especially was able to return to the yeshiva, and I was even Zarecha yesterday to give a shmuz in the yeshiva to the Talmidim, and uh, we have to express our thanks to Baruch Hashem, as usual, we try to take inspiration from the parsha, and we also try to take inspiration from the days which the parsha is leading up to. There's no question that parsha's Vayeshev is packed with so many things, and it, it also hints to us some of the lights of Hanukkah. So we're going to speak some words on the parsha. We're going to speak some things about Hanukkah as well. And we're going to start off by speaking a little bit about the yard site, which is coming up, the fifth yard site of a great, great tzaddik, who many of you might have heard of, Many Nariakov Talmudim Brazocha to see him, Rabbi Aaron Leib Steinemann, who was literally the, the leading Rosh Hashiva for so many years in Eretz Yisrael, took over the mantle from Rav Shach Satzal. Rav Shach was Mamanahim to take over the mantle. And he was Madrif, the B'nai Torah, for so many years. And he held that the B'nai Torah were literally like the Pach Shem and Tohar. They were that flask of pure oil. And one has to be very, very careful not to be metam them, but to be mechav of them, to adorn them, and to to be marker how important the B'nai Torah are. One of the things I spoke wherever I went, and I spoke at the yeshiva on Thursdays, for every single person to realize how important those first, the years that he spent in yeshiva, and I speak to even those Talmudim who are not in yeshiva today, but those years that he spent in yeshiva, those were the years of the Pach Shem and Tohar. And whatever we can do to ensure that our own children continue on that pathway, that, that will in, allow us to continue our avodah, no matter where we are, even when we're not in the yeshiva, not in the base medrash, but we take those days of Hanukkah lights, so to speak, and we extend it throughout their entire life. Um Aaron Leib, was a, I would say, a, a, an Ayvid Hashem beyond the norm. I saw brought down that he was very, very makbid. He didn't, wasn't Nana from this world to really a, 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 a certain degree beyond the regular normal. He would not sit on a chair that had a back. He sat on a little, what's called shrafraf, a stool. And people used to be bewildered when they would come to his house. They would see that for him, the Gashmis wasn't important. The main thing was the Ruchnius. And I saw a story about a Yid that was a, a Talmud Chavar of Rabbi Leib, who lived in Bnei Brak as well. And he himself was also of this 
nature, he would um, he would he would literally also only sit on a on a, on a stool on a, on a on a stool. I just want to say, Maimar Muskar, if Moshe Feinstein, Zechotanik Rocham, I read off on a tangent for a second. I heard that Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky said over, why was it that Rabbi Yaakov was able to steig me ice? He was able to become greater than myself. That's because he, Moshe never ever sat on the back, with the back to the, to the chair. He always would sit with his literally feet into the ground and paced forward. And he didn't want to be, to be in a position of any sort of atzlis, any sort of relaxed atmosphere. And these were the great people. So this Yidra, Blippi so one of his children saw that he he had a, a, a house, an apartment, and in the house there was a, a living room, so to speak, a salon, the dining room, and in the dining room there was a uh, couch. But, uh, and he would sit in that room, he had his Cheder uh, Limud, where he would sit and learn but they never ever saw him sitting on the couch. He used to give many, many shiurim, and he would also, he would help his children, own children, they would have their own places, he would help to buy them, they should have a couch in their house, because he said, it would be a good idea for a person to have a place to relax, but he himself in his, in his house, he never ever sat on the couch, and they asked him why, so he said, listen, eating, you have to eat by a table, so I eat by the, by the kitchen table, Learning, you have to learn, you have to have again, you have to have a shulchan and a chair with shvarim, right? And if I need to relax, if I need to rest, what do I do? I have a bed, I'm able to go to sleep. But to have a couch, to use a couch, that's what they were saying. You can have a couch, but to use a couch, he himself again is a high madrega. They want to bring out that this was the derech of tzaddikim. And... Um, we know that the Rashi says in this week's parsha, "Vayeshev Yaakov Bikesh Yaakov Leishev B'Shalva Kafetzol of Rogz Shol Olam Shol Yosef." That Yaakov wanted to sit, so to speak, in a nice, calm, peaceful way, and Hakadosh Baruch didn't allow him to do so. And the Gemara says, "Tzadikim, it's not enough that they have the world to come; they want to be able to have a relaxation in this world." So the um, the message is. Is that tzaddikim? They don't. They don't live in this world for any other reason except for what the Masulis Yisharim says, which is to pair themselves from the world to come. The world to come. That's the world of Shalva. This world is a world of Avoda. and Yaakov Avinu and his Madrega, Hakadosh Baruch said, even after he went through such sorrows, there's still more Aliyah that he could have, and therefore he gave him the Rogz Yosher Yosef. The Chafetz Chaim explains. In the beginning of the parasha, mentioned it yesterday on the pasuk of Ela told us Yaakov Yosef. Rashi himself points out that Ika told us of Yaakov as Yosef. Yosef looked like him. Everything that happened to Yaakov happened to Yosef. Yosef was um, the symbol of the son of Yaakov Avinu. But not only is he the symbol of the son of Yaakov Avinu, he's really the symbol of the Jewish nation as well. The children of Klai Yisrael we are considered like Yosef at Tzadik. And what happens to Yosef happens to Klai Yisrael as well. Yosef, unfortunately, who was the chosen, unfortunately, he was the chosen one of, Klai, of, of, of Yaakov Avinu, but because of the stories which take place in this week's parasha, which really, um, we've spoken about them in the past, but the Mechiris Yosef, 
the sin of the Achim, of the brothers towards Yosef, and everything which emanated from that, being sold down the Nile, being sold down to Egypt, being put into the house of Asia's Potiphar, all the Nisyonis being put into jail, and it, he's still not let out at the end of the parasha, he's still in jail, he's only going to be let out in the future. <coughs> Yosef represents the Jewish people. The Jewish people, <coughs> we have thrown out of the house of our father, put out into the Golas, and we go through lots of tzaras. But we should recognize that just like Yosef, who went through all of these sorrows, but in the beginning it was harsh, but in the end we see the tachlis, we see the purpose of what it's all about. As I said in the shmuz I gave yesterday, to a certain extent we can relate to it. I saw many, many Talmidim of Ner Yaakov, and this is not only true for Ner Yaakov Talmidim, but for everybody, this, the Bechina of Hazarim Bedima Berino Yitzaru. When we plant, we have to plant with tears because it takes a hard time to <clears throat> to plow the land, and that is a as a muscle to what we have to have patience when we're bringing up talmid and bringing up children. We go through trials and tribulations, but a person has to know berina yuksayu. When you plow, when you plow and you plant and you harvest, in the end of the day, you see down the line what happens to talmid and what happens to families. Baruch Hashem, and when they receive a mysterious nefesh from their parents, then they appreciate it, and eventually, with the schus of tefillah, they end up becoming great, outstanding members of their communities, and they themselves are now in positions to help other people. Yosef HaTzadik was placed into the bar, but in the end, that ended up being the biggest bracha for Klai Yisrael, because he ended up coming out of that particular situation and becoming the Majbir. Yosef who Majbir, Yosef is the one that will be Machalkel. He's the one that supports Klai Yisrael. So this teaches us that this is really the lesson of, of the Jewish people. The Jewish people, we go into Golos, we go into exile. HaKadosh Baruch is testing us, but the test is in order that we should come out in a positive way. So it begins with difficulties. Hazarim Bedima, but in the end, it's encouragement. In the end, it's berina yiktsayu. And <coughs> this is a great lesson, which I think also relates to Hanukkah. Hanukkah is a time when we light the neiris. The neiris represent that pure light from the Pach Shem and Tohar, and it lights up in the midst of the darkness, in the midst of the Chayshech of the Yavanim. Yosef is the symbol of the light of the Jewish people. And when we light the candles, Mirza Hashem, this coming Sunday night, we have to realize that the Ma'at Mina'or is Daicha Habim A little bit of light pushes off a lot of darkness. When? When the Pach is a Pach Shem and Tohar. When we plant and we plow and we reap the, 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 the benefits of all that we put into our own lives, and we put into our children's lives, into our students' lives, and we hope and we pray, we daven, that it should be like Yosef HaTzadik, who's Meisif HaHoylech, Yosef Lashon of Meisif HaHoylech, comes stronger and stronger, the light becomes stronger, the it, light starts out in the beginning of one day, ends up with eight days, the eight days represents the Lamai Lamanateva, as we all know, Chanukah is the, is the Yontif of Lamai Lamanateva, Klai Yisrael is Lamai Lamanateva, 
And uh, we see that in this week's parasha also, we see there's a lot of chalaymas, a lot of dreams. Yosef is dreaming. The Pyra is going to be dreaming later on, but the Avadim of Pyra are dreaming. A lot of dreams. And we know the Gemara says in Brachas, the Chalamas go according to the interpretation. The way it says at the end, when Yosef is given the opportunity to uh, speak, and he gives the interpretation for the Saramash, given the Saroifim. So we see it goes Achrape. That's one concept. I just want to say over a Maimra Musker, a delicious uh, vort that I heard many, many years ago from my late great uncle. Rabnuta Arnold, who himself lived to over 100 years old, was a Hasidish Hamish Yid living in America for most of his life. But it was a holy, holy Yid, and I was able to see him not only when I was a young boy, but eventually when he moved there, he moved there with his, his wife, my Alta Tante, Tante de Vairele. They should schusim yogam aleinu and on their children. So he, I remember hearing a word from me once said, that if if so why is it at the end of the parsha we know that Yosef is given the mantle to explain the chalaymas of the Saramashkim the Saraifim, and uh, he gives the interpretation um, based upon that for the Sarhaifim he says oh the birds that are coming that's going to this is a stone that was taken. And he gives a bad interpretation, which is basically in three days you're going to be hung up. For the Sarha Mashkim, he gave a positive interpretation. So the truth is, if is he could have given the same for the Sarha Mashkim and the same for Zarafim. Could have switched it around. He could have uh, said for the Sarha Mashkim, you're going to have a bad interpretation. And for the Sarafim, he could have given a positive one. Why did he, for the wine? He decided to give a, one, a positive for the bread, decided to give a negative. So Rabnutas Gazukt Shaina Volt, he said, the Gemara the, the says, Wine gives such, gives such, uh, <laughs> gives a simcha to a person's heart. But a bread, person should, shouldn't only live on bread. That means for sure we need the staple of life, we need bread. But bread is bread. In the end of the day, it's just a mundane item which we eat, and it sustains us. But wine gives us happiness. Wine gives us joy. And Yosef said that there has to be joy in the world. So therefore, he decided to interpret on behalf of the Baal Hayayin, of the Sahayayin, to give a positive thing, because he wanted to bring out the concept of Simcha, such as Zisa Hasidish Avort, over from Uncle Nata. Another thing we learned from the Chalayim is, is that ain chalaymas believed varim betelim? In this week's parasha, Rashi already pointed out that Yaakov Avinu he tells about he speaks about Yosef who gave the interpretation of the dreams that the mother and the father and all the brothers are going to come and they're going to bow down to him like the Shemesh and the Yireach. So the pasuk says, "Vayisapel lovi velechov." He, sp- he said this over to his father and to his brother, and his father like gave him a sharp retort. He says, What kind of chalim is this? Uh, you think myself and your mother and your brothers are going to come? And Rashi says, Why does he say this? Because his mother, Rachel, already had died. And, and Rashi says he didn't know that he really was going on Billah. But the main thing is, 
Yaakov Avinu was expressing that it's not true, the Chavayim, it's not Shaykh for the mother to come. So the Gemara says, from here we learn out, She'ein Chavayim El Dvarim B'Telem, below Dvarim B'Telem. There's no Chavayim without Dvarim B'Telem. And Rashi says that Yaakov Avinu was trying to express that the brother should not have kinna against him because you shouldn't think it's really this this part of the halim is not going to happen just like it's not going to happen for the mother it's not going to happen for the brothers and they don't have to be concerned about it but the truth is that it really was true it's just there were certain dvarim which were which were dvarim betalim but the klal is ein halim ella the dvarim betalim i saw a gavaldika maizah unbelievable maizah with Reb Chaim Kanievsky's itself, a true ma'aseh that happened. There was a certain Israeli, not necessarily Avreich, but he was a person that he had a dream. He had a horrible dream, and in the dream, he saw that two helicopters were going to be exploding against each other. He also saw that his hands were going to become swollen, and they were going to have all kinds of sores and all kinds of wounds. And in the dream. It was told to him that he's going to get the Mach He woke up in the morning and all of a sudden he saw that his hands were filled with sores and they were all swollen. All swollen. And that day, the news came out that two, heli- two military hel- helicopters had exploded in the north and it was a terrible tragedy. Many, many Israeli lives were, and soldiers were killed. Le'oleinu. And he was just beyond himself. He didn't know what to do. He ran to Reb Chaim, and he got into Reb Chaim, and he lamish b'bahola, and he told Reb Chaim over what ha- what he- what kind of dream he had, and he's mamish afraid that he's going to get the machla. So Reb Chaim asked him, "Did the helicopter crash happen exactly the way it said?" Yes. Did the wounds? Did that also happen exactly what happened? He says yes. So he said, "Very good. Those things taka happened." But ain chaloim is below dvarim betalim, and therefore the dvarim betalim is what it said about the, the other thing that you're going to get the machla. You're not going to get the machla. That's going to be a dover bottle. And he gave Manetza that he should be mate of the dream, and Baruch Hashem that person that person lived. So this is a chaloim story. We want to mention it in order for us to be able to get chizuk and to see that from the chaloim is Rabbi Zai, we have to realize on one hand that the chalayim is, if a person knows how to interpret them properly, he can interpret them properly, but we're made of chalayim is today, and it's also ain chalayim is below the and betalim, and the person has to be a big person, in order to understand which parts are the ikr, and which parts are the tovel. Shem Shem Pinker says over, this week's parish, which I always like to say over, in the midah of Yaakov Avinu, titen emes Yaakov, and he expresses a question, the kasha is that we know that all the others, hein heinem are covered. They're the ones that literally, they're the chariots. They're the ones that that uh, teach us so many lessons. Yaakov Avinu, Avinu told us the midas of chesed. Yitzchak teaches us the midas of gevura. And Yaakov Avinu teaches, teaches us the midas of emes. And now we know that the concept of teaching is not stam teaching. It's in order to give us lessons which will be for eternity. So chesed we see clearly. The Midah of Abba Avinu is expressed within our lives, just like Abba Avinu brought the concept of looking and searching to try to do good deeds for other people, running after the, the, the angels in a hot day, and Yidner also, Rachmanim, Baishonim, Megomim, Chasodim, Yidn. I just saw that, that, that Rav Gershon said that 
Reb Gershon Edelstein Shlita Rashiva, he said that even no matter what, we are all Rachmanim Bashan Khazan, even the people that don't keep Torah mitzvahs but Yidin, it's in their DNA. So we all get that from Abu Mavino. Yitzchak is the meat of Gvura, the meat of Mesir Snefesh, the meat of Yer Shemayim. So when we see Yidin today have Yer Shemayim, when we see Yidin today there are Mice and Nefesh for Yiddishkeit, that also comes about because of the Mida of Yitzchak Avinu. But where do we see the Mida of Emes, of Yaakov Avinu? Now for sure we always say that Yaakov Avinu's Mida of Emes comes from the Torah. So the Torah that we learn and the, the uh, proliferation of Torah, that all comes about from Yaakov Avinu. But where do we see the Emes in it? Reb Shemshin says an unbelievable thing. He says Emes is what we see that Yidin, no matter what happens, we have so much tsaris, Rabbi Say. If I tell you about, I don't like to get people d- d- depressed, but this kibmat is not a day that goes by that there aren't individuals in Kla Yisrael that are struck, drownings that took place. Just heard about a woman that just passed away, a wonderful woman from Englewood, drowning in an accident in, in, in Florida, and, and a young boy in South Africa. And I could go on and on, Rabbi Say. It's, 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 it, 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 the Eisen can't hear all the tsars that go on and call Yisrael. And it happens and it affects especially those families. So we have so many tsars. But who is the one that also had so many tsars? Yaakov Avinu had so many tsars. And he had tsara after tsara after tsara. Esav is running after him. Lovin is trying to destroy him. Finally, he gets to all of that. He finally gets children. Now all of a sudden, Yosef is sold down to Mitzrayim. For 22 years, Rabbi Sai, he held on and he had a Muna. The, Gemara, the Rashi already brings down that Yaakov Avinu had a Haftacha, that if his children will be alive before he dies, then he will be Zoycha Ta'olam Haba. And over here, all of the indications of this week's parish was that Yosef was taken and Yosef was shechted, and he didn't realize Yosef was really sold down to Mitzrayim, and he thought that Yosef had died and he had tremendous, tremendous sorrows. So in the midst of everything, it never, ever affected his midas habitachan in HaKadosh Baruch His emuna always remained st- steadfast. The emuna, Rabbi said, Titan emes, emes is when we can keep the emuna under all circumstances. And this, I think, is a great lesson when we go through these parashiyas, that we see the episodes that we try to learn lessons and glean lessons for our own lives. As sometimes we have nisyonus, and Klai has Nisyonis, but we have to recognize that when we hold on to the Pachshem and Tohar, and we hold on to Aramuna and HaKadosh Baruch, and realize HaKadosh Baruch was with us, and eventually, like the Chafetz Chaim said, we're going to see how everything is going to be for our benefit. Yosef Majbir. I saw a Maisa today, which I want to share with the Olam, from my mother, the Asra, from the great guide of Moshe Sturmbach. Really, it's just beyond belief, it's a new mice which I never had heard. Rav Moshe, he, we know that his, he should be Stark, his entire family, his brothers, big Tamir Chachamim, and Rav Moshe himself was from the Gaine Hador. But he was a Gain from the time he was very, very young. Now his father, Rav Usher, Sturmbuch, was a businessman who lived in London, and many Gedolim would come and stay at his house. And Rav Hanan Wasserman the great the great Rashiva Branovich came to London and he used to stay at the at the at the house of Rav Sternbach. Rav Sternbach used to tell me stories about it, and 
And then he used to take him around and he was his translator and he used to help him to raise money for the yeshiva. And then Usher Sturmbach passed away at a very young age. And Rabbi Moshe's mother, Rabbi Mrs. Devarah Sternbuch, Allah Shalom, she kept the family going and she was very, very makhpid that her children should have the best Jewish education. And it was in London in those days, Rabbi Moshe remember, described to me the Blitzkrieg and everything that went on there. A lot of Nisim flows. But she always was Shoyal Eitzah before Rebbe Chanum passed away. She always used to ask him questions. She herself continued to run the business. And she used to ask questions about how much a a person has to have versus the Midas HaBetochen. You know, because when you're in a business, you're always trying to get more money. So what's considered a shtadlis? So Rebbe Chanum said, listen, it's very, very hard to know exactly. Each person has to know his particular situation. But he gave her some guidelines. The guidelines were like this. What you, what you need for your family, for sure, you have to be mishtavel. And he says, when it comes to what's called maestris, when it comes to luxuries, hanos, of all the extras, so he says, that's already the point of where a person should try to lean on the Indian of, it, of, of having midas v'tochen, and then a person doesn't have to be mishtavel and have luxuries. But he said, that's only luxuries in the physical. But to be able to get ruchnius, like for instance, to get private tutoring for the for the for the for the for the, the children, and making sure that the children should be happy in what they're doing, it's able to steig and to become great people, then you should be mishtadel as much as you can. And she always followed that. She always followed that. Now listen to the story. When Rav Moshe Sturmik was nine years old, you have to remember those days they didn't have chadorn like we had today. So they used to have rebbe's, they used to have the afternoon schools. He went to public school, and he was a super genius. And he was in nine years old already. He was a genius in mathematics, and there was a national test that went throughout the schools. And Rav Moshe Sturmbach got the top prize in mathematics, and it was an amazing thing. It was a big covenant and a big honor. And then one day they got a letter to the house. The mother got a letter, and the letter was from Winston Churchill. Winston Churchill wrote a letter to her and says, I saw that your son was designated to be the top math student, and we want, I want to tell you that we want to offer him a full scholarship to the finest schools. You know, in, in England, they go to the finest prep schools, private schools, and then they go to the best universities, and it's all expenses paid. And I also want to tell you that I think that your son is eventually... He gets the right training and everything else. He will be the prime minister of England one day. This is what Winston, Winston Churchill was considered, you have to realize, in those days he was considered like a very, very, not just an important political figure, but eventually played a role in World War II. He saved many, many lives, fought against the Nazis, and he was looked up to as a, as a great man. Mrs. Sternbuck, when she got this letter, this is an unbelievable story, she took the letter and she ripped it up into pieces. And she said, I don't even want to have the Nisayan, I don't have the test of contemplating that my son, who Rebbechanan said, comes to Ruchnius, you have to be more careful. I would not dare put him into a situation that he would be affected. And it, 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 it wasn't even Nisayan for her, she just ripped it up. They say later on, they, when they heard about it, they asked, maybe there's still pieces that you left around because the, the just the handwriting of Winston Churchill, the, the the his signature would be worth a lot of money. She said, Don't you realize 
I didn't even want to have even the pieces of paper that I ripped up in the house. I didn't want to have any remnants of it. This is the type of Pach Shem and Tohar that Mrs. Sturmbach gave over to her son. And we see today what Rav Moshe has become. He is literally from the, from the nest of the Pach Shem and Tohar. The, the, uh, we light the candles. What happens when we light the candles and the candles go out? Halacha is kafsa en zakukla. You don't have to relight it again, as long as you lit it in the proper place. The minute is, if a person could light it, then we try to keep it, we try to keep it best going. We always are mad, but what's the reason why kafsa en zakukla? It's because hadlaka is a mitzvah. The main thing is to be madlik. When we do the hadlaka, the hadlaka is what does the mitzvah. We cannot know what's going to be in the future. We have to be madlik. We madlik not only the neiris, Rabbi said, the neiris also represents our children, our talmidim. And when we madlik them, we give over that flame from the pach shem That allows us to feel that we have, have been mekayin the mitzvahs. And have neiris halalu anu madlikim. We're going to light up the candles, mitzvah Hashem. Again, Hanukkah is coming upon us to tell you that I have... <laughs> A, a video that was sent to me about a, a wonderful person who was, it happened to be a family member who decided to decorate his house with all of the decorations of electric lights, but the electric lights were a lot different. He planted the trees in the house and it was, and the, it was with Hanukkah, happy Hanukkah to everybody with a menorah outside all lit up in, 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 big, in big electric lights. And it's Zelu Umazah. I was just in America and I saw some of the houses, the way they decorated Lahabdil, the Goyim, the way they decorated. So he wanted to make it like we could do it, the same thing as well. Now, I disagree with this particular relative's um, uh, appreciation for Hanukkah. I always say just light the menorah in the window or by the door, whatever the minute you have is, with the Shem and Tahar. And the Shem and Tahar is what we light up. We don't need the electric the electric bills going up. We don't have to have fake plastic uh, entertainment, so to speak, to be mefarsim dines. The way we mefarsim dines is through the lighting of the purity, the purity that's inside of every single one of us. Rabbi said, Parshus Vayeshev Tovshin Pei Gimel, Somach Venir to Yimei Hanukkah. We hope that we should be Zoyfim Yitz Hashem, that the tzorah should go away. We should see the gula shleima, and by the lighting of the neiris, and then seeing that our children go on the proper path, we are assured will be zorcha Hashem to Yeshua's, wishing everyone a wonderful Shabbos. Thank you very much for listening. We want to thank jfoundations.com. If you could sponsor any of our activities, be another way of addressing and being able to give over Torah to other people. Go on the website and show your support. Thank you very much for joining us.